guys are listening to Pucker Up, CMU's fashion, health, and beauty podcast. My name is Gigi Padilla. I'm a lead copywriter here at CM Life. And I'm Sarah Bebuck, a broadcast and cinematic arts student here at CMU. And today we're talking about Halloween makeup. We are super excited to go into this topic because Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. And I know Sarah really likes Halloween, too. I'm a fan of making costumes myself. Sarah is literally one of the most like organized people when it comes to Halloween (laughs) like you would not even know she starts like planning and designing her costumes in like March like it's not even exaggeration I feel like it's March it's it's probably March and (laughs) I don't even organize the rest of my life so the fact that I'm like I'm like oh it's May I gotta start planning my costume yeah I literally just went to Walmart and bought a sailor costume the night before I went to a Halloween party so that just shows like the contrast and like and I love Halloween too it snuck up on me this year though I have no idea like where my planning or like my vision went but one of the biggest things that me and Sarah are so excited to see especially on Instagram during this season is the crazy Halloween makeup oh my feeds already exploded with it and I'm so happy and excited because well, none of my costumes this year have crazy makeups. It's like getting the gears running for next year. And I'm like, all right, all right, let's see what I'm going to do next year with this. I love it a lot. I think some of the really cool core things about Halloween makeup is you have like two completely different sides of it. You have like the super scary special effects. You have like the super like mystical, like people going as fairies the and elegant, elegant looks. looks. And then you have the super... And then you have the like timeless looks when people are going as like people from the past, like your Marilyn's, your Amy Winehouse and stuff like that. And it's all makeup that provides them with to really sell their story. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like, I'm not going to say the makeup makes the look, but the makeup does Mm -hmm. do, I would say, about 75 percent of the legwork of a good Halloween costume. Let's think about it in this like terms. Like, let's say you go as like because I did go as a broken doll, like my freshman year I just put on a black dress and like some heels like literally you put on a black dress and heels nobody knows what you are now you paint cracks and stuff all over your face and you highlight and you really do what you need to do to like bring that character to life then you have a costume exactly and like that goes for anything it goes for fairies just adding a little bit of sparkle to your Mm -hmm. face adding some like rainbow contour to your face if you're going as a unicorn anything like that it really just Gives you that leg up in your costume. It really goes from like, okay, like she's That's a unicorn cute. to like, ooh, she's a unicorn. You know, it's that mm-hmm. difference. And you guys don't even realize, like, especially like mermaids, like people do really cute, like just regular makeup. But I know last year when me and my roommate went at was mermaids, we saw on Instagram, you can use the stockings to make like scale like patterns yes. on the sides of your face. And we literally like our minds were blown. We were like, we got to do this. So we're literally like in our rooms, like trying to figure out how to use like the stockings to make these patterns. But at the end of the day, it looked so good. And mm-hmm. it's just like you got to take that time and you have to actually like look through Instagram, like you look at all the hashtags. I know a really good hashtag is like the 31 days of horror or like anything like that. And it's not just horror makeup. So if you get like really creeped out about horror makeup, a lot of it it too is just very different themed makeup. Like one of the trends that I really like that I know people are getting sick of, but I will never get sick of it is the glam skulls, the um, rhinestones for Mm -hmm. teeth, all that stuff I think is so cute. And I've seen a lot of like very different innovative ones. Like it's not just a skull. Like I saw a holographic skull that used like not even just rhinestones but different like holographic like plastics glued to like half their face with different hair pieces and ear pieces and it just looks incredible like it's creative but I mean it's still a skull it's still a skeleton it's still like a classic Halloween but it just has that like little Mm -hmm. twist that little oomph that I'm just like ooh, I 
I like wow. this a lot. I want to do this. And I, in fact, did do it one year. Not as crazy, not as crazy creative, but still, I felt really cute and I got a lot of compliments on it. So I was like, oh, I'm doing something right. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely something that's really interesting to me is how many people actually do Halloween effects makeup like around campus. Because I know people like they're too worried they're going to be too edgy. But actually, in some Halloween parties, I saw people went like 110 percent on it. And it was really cool. And they're using like the liquid latex and the cotton balls and stuff. And for some of you who don't know, like one of the biggest things in Halloween makeup is like using liquid latex and fake blood depending if you're actually looking for like a creepy look or even just like extensions for like your ears if you want to be an elf and they even have like fake nose extensions and stuff like that. Yeah you just need like a little bit of putty and you can like mold it like putty for your skin which you can get through Ben Nye and you can just use it to like mold it to give you like Gigi said that extended nose those pointed ears though prolonged chin if you need like just like a little bit of something different to your facial features or like little baby horns on your forehead i know that sarah just said um what was the company the ben nye ben nye that is a big thing that's all over instagram right now like if you look at any of these really intense horror effects makeup or even halloween effects makeup there's gotta be at least one product from them oh yeah because they're pretty like a pretty well-known well-established special effects makeup brand not even just for specifically halloween but for stage makeup for Halloween, like you can get, I know a lot of people when they go as like Bloody Mary and they want to white out their face. I mean, you can get like a lighter foundation or you can go to like Spirit Halloween and get like that like cheap like white face paint. Or you can spend basically, yeah, you can basically spend mm-hmm. the same amount of money, get it through Ben Night or even if it is a little bit more, it's not expensive makeup. Mm-hmm. And you get that all white out that looks nice for ghosts, skeletons, any like spooky white outface or black and white makeup. I know that's a huge trend right now too. And you can get all that stuff through Ben Nye and it's quality cheaper stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. Cause I know nobody wants to go and buy like a Huda Beauty foundation and like seven shades lighter. Yeah, just to make it work for their face. No, I'm never gonna use it again. Exactly. The best thing around is to actually use this like high quality effects makeup. Cause even if you think, hey, like I'm only going to use it for Halloween. It's not worth it. It is actually worth it because you're not just going to use it for this Halloween. You'll use it for the next Halloween. And sometimes, like, when I look at what I have, that kind of decides what I'm going to be next year versus me coming up with a completely new idea every year. So if you already have this stuff in your arsenal, not only will you be able to use it next year, but you'll also be able to use it on your friends and any of your friends who really need those makeup. Because it has a longer shelf life, I think. It does. Because they're literally like giant like pans of like white paint. Yeah, it's specifically mm-hmm. for this special effects. Mm-hmm. It's not just like your regular makeup. It's kind of like, all right, we're making this with the expectation that it's mm-hmm. only going to be used for a small window that we need to make, make it, it work. Longer. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good like point too, because it's like, I think we try really hard not to spend so much money during Halloween. But if you realize like how much Halloween costumes are by themselves now, I know somebody who paid like over like a hundred dollars for their Halloween costume. Like that's crazy to me. Like I spent like $15 on my costume right now, not including the eyelashes. Like I bought eyelashes. So that's probably a little bit more. Yeah. I'm definitely thrift store all the way. If I can't, I don't I won't buy it online unless I can't find it at a thrift store mm-hmm. and I don't go to just one. I go to all of them. I go to all of them in this town. I go to all of them in my hometown. I like it's like I said, it's a process that starts in May. Oh, definitely. But that's the best way to do it. Like if I think about it, like I waited too long this year, I think in a timeline scope. For you to have a very successful, impressive costume, you need to a either just have a ton of like 
old stuff that you've never used before and then just wing it as you go. Or B, you need to at least start like the week of October. Yeah. I push it. I literally didn't even think about what I wanted to do until like last week. You were a very cute sailor, though. I, I will say that. Yeah. My dog was. I bought my dog's costume before I bought my costume. And you people. matched him. That was. Yeah. You started. You started early. <laughs> started. You matched the theme. I, I matched the theme of my dog's costume before I even decided what I wanted to be. Because that's who I am as a person. And put others first. And you had very pretty, elegant pinup makeup because that's where you you went as a pinup sailor you had the classic wing you had the red lip and that's not stuff that you can just like look at and you're like all right i'm going to recreate it that's stuff you already had prior knowledge on which is another very important aspect of halloween makeup is that you can't just go in there the first try and be like yeah i'm going to do this thing i've never done before and i'm going to do it to my face you need so to have true. practice like, yeah like when i just said about how we went as mermaids last year me and my friend Mallory did not just like go Halloween day and was like, hey, we're just going to wing it. We literally did like test runs. We were like, we got to figure this out before the big day. Oh, yeah. And that even goes double for when people want to do like the gore makeup, when oh, they yeah. want to use the cotton balls and the liquid latex and the stuff to get the pop can in your eye and the slit mouth like that requires practice. You can't just walk in like I still don't even know how to do that exactly. And I've given it a couple of goes, but like it's kind of like. Hit or miss, and I consider myself kind of like intermediate makeup it, yeah. skills. No, my sister's really good at it. She actually took a class, and she herself practiced like weeks and weeks. She did like bird marks on my face, and it was like it was really intense and really cool. And it's a long process, so like buckle up. If you decided to do horror makeup on yourself or a friend, like you need to carve out at least like two hours of your oh, night sure. to get ready just in the makeup department. And, like, the biggest thing, too, is, like, don't lose your patience because I feel like that's something that people that are not, like, frequent makeup doers or, like, frequent, like, Halloween makeup people don't realize because even if it doesn't look good to you, like, don't be discouraged. Like, it's Halloween. Like, yeah. people don't know what you're going for. So, like, literally if I walked into we mean Sarah talked about this. If I walked into a Halloween like party and somebody was like, Oh, you're supposed to be this, huh? I'd be like, Yeah, even if I wasn't oh, supposed I, to be that. I'd agree. I'd be like, oh, definitely. This is exactly who I am. <laughs> yeah, that's you're exactly absolutely what I was right. trying to do. <laughs> Just because it's like, hey, it's, it's gonna mean something to somebody. It's gonna look like something to somebody. Now, can you kind of like walk me through like the gore SFX makeup looks? Cause I know I like I said, I have like intermediate knowledge on it, but like definitely not enough to just be like, hey, like this is what I'm gonna do. Like I'm more experienced with the late, liquid latex. Like, the cotton ball is where I'm kind of, like, ooh, like, that's kind of, like, a little bit beyond me. And I'm really interested in knowing, like, how to go about doing that. The cotton ball thing is, it depends, because it's, like, you can either do cotton ball and gelatin or you can do cotton ball latex. I think cotton ball and liquid latex works better, but cotton balls really work better for, like, burn marks other than gashes. If you're going to do gashes, I highly recommend just going liquid latex because burn marks have more of a scabby look to them than others mm -hmm. do. So you do want that kind of puffiness and to push it down with the liquid latex and get that texture of the, like, burned surface because it's not going to be flat. So you're kind of, like, just describing the difference between going as Freddy Krueger with his burnt mm -hmm. face and, like, just, like, a horror slasher victim like that. They got that, yes. like, throat slit. That's definitely, like, two very different looks. I know I'm more comfortable with the cotton balls because, like I said, my sis that's what my sister taught me when she was doing, like, the burn victim makeup and everything like that and it's very important to know what kind of texture you are going for before you start buying your products mm -hmm. so like i said if you want to do more gash more like like 
if you want to do more gash, more just very flat surface and bumps and bruises and stuff like that, you might just want to look at like liquid latex and those like we talked about the putty and the clay and stuff. And even if you don't have like an airbrusher or anything like that, literally just sponges in your foundation over makes a very realistic looking gash because that's already colors that match your skin. And I think that even goes for like the blood application too. Mm -hmm. Like if you can't like splatter the blood on your face through either airbrush or just some other way, just using that sponge to like dab at it with like a liquidy red makeup. Like Actually, a really good trick that people don't realize is Brillo pads. Brillo pads make really good blood paint splatter on your face because they're not very soft and they don't have enough like hold to it that it you literally just flick your wrist on your face and you'll get mm-hmm. those like little splatters. Oh. Now, if you want to be like super like intricate and technique with it, make sure that you are flicking your wrist in the direction of how you would have been like slashed in your face, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Like if you have like a right slash in your face, you got to like think kind of like in mathematics, like where would this your blood splatter actually be? Now, if you don't really care and people don't really care, then hey, go ahead, go at it. Be just complete gore blood blob. But that was one thing that I remember my sister was talking about that when you are looking at like horror movies, like back in the day, that was a big like faux pas. Like you would see like very like cheesy horror movies like get slashed in like the shoulder and like the blood drain would be completely different than like going the wrong way than what it should have been and I just thought that was something really funny so that's something I always keep in mind if I ever do really crazy makeup like Mm -hmm. that speaking of like super crazy makeup I don't know if you saw Jeffree Star's new Halloween tutorial but he had um MMM Mitchell which I don't know if anybody knows he's a relatively new Instagrammer but he's one of Jeffree Star's new friends and he did his makeup for the Anastasia Beverly Hills Halloween party and it was really cool because it was a very slash of gory and like kind of sexy sophisticated makeup mm-hmm. so basically <laughs> they ripped up a Louis Vuitton bag like if you guys haven't seen this video it's very hurting for people that can't afford a Louis Vuitton bag, but it's Jeffree Star. I so cringed. I, I cringed. Yeah. So basically, they rip up this bag. They go ahead, liquid latex it, blood and gore it, and it looks like he has patches of his skin that are, like, ripped off to reveal a Louis Vuitton, like, pattern under. And then they did his face, like, full glam, and then, you know, just kind of, like, the side of his forehead temple all the way down to, like, his ear was, like, a gash in, like, Louis Vuitton. Ooh, I'm kind of damaged, but I still look, look great. Exactly. The, the kind of damaged but still gorgeous that only Jeffree Star could pull off. Mm-hmm. But then they made their way to the Anastasia Beverly Hills beautiful, most amazing Halloween party that we all wish we were invited to. I was super impressed by Anastasia Beverly Hills herself. Mm-hmm. She went as Glinda, and I was like, ooh. Yeah, it's a cute costume. It was a really nice costume. Like literally just go to Instagram and like look at the hashtag ABH Halloween party or yeah, Halloween. And it'll literally show you like it'll literally show you like everybody's outfits. And I saw Norvina went as an elf and it was like super cute because she already has the purple hair and stuff like that. So it matched perfectly. Yeah, she already looks like she should be something out of a mythical creature book. So it was perfect for her aesthetic. But what really like like. What really surprised me is there was a lot of just kind of like basic costumes, but with a very glammed up spin to it. So you had your like mummies, your nurses and like your you had your like mummies, your nurses and your vampires and stuff. But they all had such dramatic and like 
crazy makeup, which I feel is kind of interesting because, like mm-hmm. we said, makeup is most of the costume. And in a Halloween party that's thrown by a makeup industry, like you expect that. You expect that. But what I thought was really cool is they had such amazing backdrops for everybody that came to like take a picture with. Oh, God, it's literally gorgeous. Like, just go on Instagram and stalk someone, and you will see how amazing this Halloween party was. I really liked um, Nikita Dragons and Gabrielle Zamora's costumes. They went as a shark boy and lava girl, uh, and I thought that was adorable. I feel like couples' costumes always get a bad rap, but whenever famous people do it, they do it so right. Like, mm-hmm. um, I believe it was Huda Beauty and her husband who went as Kim Kardashian and Makeup by Mario, which I thought was... That would be a good Yeah, it was really cute because she was literally in, like, her robe and her hair in a towel, and it was, like, really funny, and I was just like, huh, that'd be me. (laughs) If I could find a way to get a robe into a Halloween party, that'd be me. Oh, I'd definitely Mm -hmm. do it. So now it's time for tea time. In case you guys haven't been with us before, but tea time is when we talk about the latest gossip and all fashion and makeup land. So today, we are going to talk about the Manny MUA docuseries. And basically, basically just docuseries as a whole. Now, this is where me and Sarah kind of have two different opinions on the docuseries world. As per usual. As per usual. Now, I live for good docuseries. Keyword being good. Good docuseries. I just love the drama. And I love knowing everybody's side of the story because I am... In. I'm in it for the gossip, and I'm here. I mean, I follow Spill the Tea channels, let's be real. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for somebody to put out some more media just for them to just tear it all up. And I don't really seek it out. Like, if I'm yeah. scrolling on my Snapchat and I happen to see, like, oh, someone had a falling out, I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But, like, when I hear, like, ooh, so-and-so is making a documentary. Manny MUA made a documentary. Kat Von D is making a documentary. I'm just like, well, why? Like, <laughs> Why? I don't, want, I don't want this. I didn't ask for this. Why do I care about what your parents are saying? Like in Manny's video, like I don't Ugh. care you have your mom and dad in there. Okay, Manny's video was kind of a tragedy to me. I'm not going to lie. Like I understand there was very sensitive topics on there. Like if you want to watch it, he just talks about his mental health and like what he was going through. But honestly, I after the like very beginning where he's like, Anthony came and lived with me for a week and stuff like that. First was, of all, who is Anthony? <laughs> exactly. They never, I, I mean, granted, I fell asleep. this person. Yeah, I fell asleep during the documentary when we were watching it for research purposes. But like, <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, Anthony. I forced her to watch it. I was like, who is Anthony? Like, yeah. why is he relevant? Like, apparently, if you guys don't know who Anthony is, like we were, or maybe we're just uncultured, who knows? But he is like a fashion YouTube vlogger. So I guess he has some kind of, presence presence and expertise in it but that's the thing like when you are going to have a full-fledged docuseries you need an unbiased third party or even like a biased against you third party and he wasn't even unbiased no he was not like if you actually watch the docuseries there is the biggest leading question in the world on it It and literally i flipped a switch when i heard it so they're in the car and alex oh i'm sorry anthony i can't remember his name because he's relevant to me and He's, they're both in the car, and he goes, why do you believe that other beauty vloggers get, like, a pass, but you are demonized for, like, social climbing and making collabs? Like, why is everybody picking on you? That is the most biased question ever. Like, nobody's saying that he's the only one getting a pass. Yeah. Like, that is, like, if you want to ask that question, you should honestly just be like, hey, why do you believe that 
people You're don't being like them you. Most. Yeah, why do you believe people are like bullying you because you want to do better and collab in this industry? Like I, every question he asked or when his mother like butt in like for no apparent reason, like I'm sorry, like, I hate to compare it to the Jeffree Star docuseries, but you have to because it's literally the same idea, just 30 minutes and not like a part series, mm-hmm. just a very watered down series. I could understand him having his father in there because he works with his father. Like, he's a part of the company. I'm like, whatever. And I guess his mom is a little bit a part of the company, but we don't know what she does. But you cannot put two parents on the stand and expect them not to defend their child. Exactly. Like, it wasn't It wasn't portrayed in an unbiased manner. Like, even, like you said with Anthony, he's asking his questions. Some of the more emotional questions that he asked would have worked as, like, follow-up questions had mm-hmm. Manny said that himself. Exactly. But he didn't, like... Why are you? Why do you think you're being bullied the most? He never like said Straight that. Said that was that. your opinion that you brought into this, and you planted that seed into his head. Mm-hmm. You need to ask him what's your opinion on this. And if Manny was to say, "Oh, I'm being bullied the most by this," then you'd be like, "Okay, why, why do, do you, you think that? that? Like, why like, do you think that?" Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like you can't start it with that because then you're just like, "Okay, this is the direction the interview is going." Instead of following the natural pacing of the interview. Yeah, and I mean, not everybody can be as great as Shane Dawson at this because, let's face it, he did just win YouTube's Creator of the Year Award. So I can say that he's good at what he does because he just won an award for it. Um, And that's the thing. It's like you can't look at, like, the skeleton of a docuseries and what it did for somebody else in the industry, such as Jeffree Star, and think, hey, that's going to work for me. I can use this platform to help me and make people understand like why I was doing this and what I was doing and why I was so detached, which is like, I understand like people have problems, they have mental health problems and, you know, everybody goes through that and they need their time to heal. But what I really disagreed with was he said he felt so detached in those apology videos because he was self-medicating and because he he went to the doctors and they gave him his medication. Like, those are two different things. And to me, the documentary didn't even feel like a documentary. Mm-mm. It felt like, hey, I'm going to frame it this way. But really what this video is, it's me... Defending myself. Yeah, it's me, it's me defending myself. It's mm-hmm. me trying to be like, hey, guys, this is why, because I have these, like, mental issues. And I'm like, okay, like, that's one thing. If you want to make this video, like, coming, bringing this issue to light. But I don't think... Framing it as a documentary was the way to go about doing it. It seemed like he was, in fact, like trying to keep up with the documentary, the docu series trend that's going on. But like for one, his was only like a one part video. Which I mean, mm-hmm. did I want to see a multi part video? No, but <laughs> it, it was just like he was just like using this to like he was like jumping on the documentary train instead of bringing what could have been a very like insightful educational video and just like spinning it and manipulating it which is why he gets the reputation as the manipulator because that's what he does and the biggest thing that i have to point out is he defended the thought of social climbing he was like everybody does it and for those of you who don't know social climbing is basically befriending people in your industry and then ditching them when they're no longer useful for you um i do have opinions on this Mm -hmm. because i know it's very networking is one of the most important Mm -hmm. things you can do into any career you go into regardless of regardless if it's the beauty influencer community or if it's just your regular job networking is important however it does seem like he is burning these bridges as opposed to like keeping them alive well i'm glad that you brought networking up because that's the biggest difference networking and social climbing are not the same thing and that's what really rubbed me the wrong way because 
because I, in the advertising industry, the one thing they tell us is to always network. But networking and social climbing are completely different. And so, I think he's confusing them. I, I think he is very confused about what is acceptable in his industry or what's acceptable about people that he's supposed to be basically friends with. I mean, I've been taught from like very young age, like if you want to mix business with friendship, they better have very strong ties. And if the business side doesn't work out, you still have to leave on polite terms. Oh, that yeah. is not something they were all basically acting like teenage boys and girls burning bridges left and right and then wondering why nobody liked them at the end of the day. Which, to be fair, mm -hmm. I think networking in the beauty industry would be very hard because basically you are networking your friends. Mm -hmm. And that's very sticky, very taboo. Because like you said, if the business part of it doesn't work out, like, is that going to sour the friendship? Which to me, like, I think there was a lot of like, on his behalf mostly, but like on everyone's behalf that you see, like there's these companies that do collabs that mm -hmm. like fall apart afterwards because it was like, oh, this was kind of like we were friends, but now we're not friends anymore. And it's kind of because and it's kind of because we mix business with friendship. And like that's I think it's more closely to guide. I think it's more closely tied together in the beauty industry than it is in other jobs. Yeah, that's true. Again, I don't really think about it that way because I am very good at making sure like all of my I's are dotted and my T's are crossed. But like when we do hear somebody complain about always being put in a bad light by so many different people, you just have to think like, well, what are you doing to put yourselves in those situations? Oh, for sure. Like in retrospect, when we're talking about the racist tweets and racist things found on his counterparts and he still ended up being the bad guy in the whole situation. Something something's not up. Yeah. Like, something does not add up. You because know? he didn't really have like disgusting comments in his history. Yeah. Like he had oh. that one vi that one snap video about him complaining about um, his driver not speaking English, I think. Yeah. Which it, like Yeah, it's like still kinda like, oh well, you know, whatever. But it's like it had like some undertones of it, but it wasn't the blalant Lorely. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to say we're going to throw her under the bus. It wasn't that. So it's kind of like, okay, like she made the arguably worst comments, but like he's still getting this like. And I think it's the big like, oh, why don't you defend your friends? Oh, why are you always caught like conspiring against people? And I'm going to say it like, why are you always poking the bear? Like, why mm -hmm. are you always trying to be in the middle of people's relationships and people's like product launches and people's success. And like, it would be different if that's how he was trying to frame himself, mm -hmm. but it's not. He's not framing himself as this like controversial character. Diva. Like, yeah, that's not how he was branding himself. Like, sure, he's a little bit dramatic, but he mm -hmm. wasn't trying to. He's very, I want to be everyone's friend and I don't yeah. know why people don't like me. Yeah, instead and of that's like what rubs me being the wrong a potster. Way. It would yeah. be, be completely different if he he's like, yeah, I'm here to stir the pot. I'm here to bring it all to light. Like, it would be okay. Like, it's all how you like brand yourself and what he was doing was so like explicitly against his brand. And just going back to the documentary series, it just didn't work for me because of that. And his parents were under attack more than he was. Yeah. Like, I remember the one scene when they were like, oh, people are saying that you only want to be in your kid's life now because he's successful. I was like, where are these questions when you're talking to the star of the actual docuseries? Like, yeah. why aren't you asking any of these hard questions at the person? Like, you're asking leading questions or making him, which I understand you have to feel comfortable. But Shane and every one of his docuseries always makes them feel slightly uncomfortable because he's asking the hard questions. Yeah, it definitely felt like Manny was being, like, baby. Yeah. It was, like, very soft questions. And I was like, all right, you can't really, like, call this, like, 
journalism. journalism. Which we're not talking docu-series is our our journalism, but hey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's what it brings me to Kat Von D's documentary, which still hasn't been released yet, but we do have a little bit more information about it, that it is going to be chronological. Um, that it is going to be following her pregnancy and like how they're doing this 100% and how they're doing this 100% plant-based lifestyle while being pregnant and while like continuing their vegan lifestyle. And it also, to me, appears like she's also jumping on the documentary bandwagon. Like, sure, mm-hmm. like, I this is stuff I want to know. This is stuff that I would like watch, but like the fact that you're framing it as a documentary, like mm-hmm. it's kind of like, ooh, Still jumping on this bandwagon, like I know. I feel like there's like documentary, then there's vlogs, and everybody just wants to be on YouTube, or everybody just wants to have a platform because I guess people are like, oh, if we put so much production value in our little clips now, like maybe it's gonna sway people's opinion of me. They're gonna see I care yeah. so much, and I feel like it could have been a YouTube video. It could have been vlog because she does it. She has yeah. a YouTube. She has a personal YouTube channel that she does like post personal videos on. Like this could have been like an updated vlog throughout her pregnancy. And I would have watched that. I would have been like, okay, like you have my attention. Like you don't need to bend it to the trend. You can yeah. just keep it. No, I understand where is. you're going yeah. from there because like, I am very curious. Like I like, she's probably going to have a home birth. Like if we think about like everything retrospect, like yeah, all the nuances of stuff, it. like it's probably going to be a really interesting ser- like series. If it's going to be a series or just a documentary in itself, just because I don't know. I know I couldn't do it. Like, I don't know what her doctors were saying, like, just a pure plant-based, like, vegan, having a child. I mean, it's got to be possible, but there's got to be something that she had to, like, overcompensate for. It's definitely going to go into, like, the specifics of it, but I also feel like that's something that, like, didn't need to be wait, didn't need to wait to be, like, announced, like, I don't know. Like, I I sincerely hope it isn't a series. Like, if she's going to release it, I hope she releases it in one long video because the ser- like, this isn't something that, like, oh, these it's are, like, drawn out. Yeah, like, it doesn't need to be drawn out. It doesn't need. It can literally, you can make it one long video and that it would be the perfect. There, there's no sensible reason to make it multi-part to me. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing now that I'm really, like, annoyed with is such a long multi-part series. Like, I love Shane Dawson, but, like, They're Jake. I cannot wait. I am not a waiting person. I am not a patient person. And honestly... There's one too many series in that last series. Yeah, like, one too many parts in that last series. Yeah, and the Jake Paul one, it was just dragging on. Like, by the time the last... I didn't even watch the last video. No, and I that skimmed. Was like, I felt really bad because I was so hyped for it. And the last video was... I'm sorry. I love him, but it was trash. It was. It wasn't, like... This was what the hype was being built for, this interview mm. with him. And I was like, by the time we got there, I was like, okay, like, I already know everything I wanted to know. Like, but there's no again, point to like, this. I'm going to also pin it to the fact that Jake Paul's not as charismatic as Jeffree Star is. Jake Paul's not as interesting to talk to. And I'm not as interested in Jake Paul's life as I was with Jeffree Star and his docuseries. And I mean, to be fair, I do think Shane Dawson kind of like over-exaggerated how, how intense. Yeah, he's like, ooh, this is my most intense one yet. Like, I don't care. I'm spilling all the tea. And I was like, you know, and then, like. There was no tea spilled. There was, yeah, there was no tea spilled. That was, pissed me off. I went to go brew the tea, and then none was spilled. Yeah, he was like, I'm no holding back. Get your mops. Whatever that tweet was he sent out. And then there was it. Lackluster. And it's because I love Shane, but he's an empath, and he always feels bad for whoever he's docuseries, which I guess can be 
like argued that maybe he's not as biased. But I think that's also a really good thing to have somebody that is empathetic. You definitely need empathy or else you're going to come off terribly. Yeah, you're going to come off mean. People won't open up to you Mm -hmm. if you don't relate with them because that's one of the biggest traits is in order to have relatability because people will open up to you. They'll be like, okay, I feel more comfortable sharing these intimate thoughts with you if I like you or if you just seem like someone I can share this with as opposed to like a stone cold interview where I'm like, I don't want to tell you anything. You're making me uncomfortable. I'm going to clam up. Exactly. That's so true, though. And I think the big thing that really did irk me about Manny's documentary is it was on his channel. Like, so he would get the views. He would get the adsense. It was very for him. Yes. There was no like outside party. Like, hey, if you really think Anthony has a good following, let him put it on his it channel. It should have been on Anthony's channel. Yeah. And that's the probably what really rubs me the wrong way is that it that's like the icing on the cake that it was all like on fi- Manny's channel. Yeah, like it was And then if you watch his new stuff, um, which I was very curious on his next video, which was a very good idea, and I don't know if somebody else has already done it before, but comparing PR packages to actual purchase packages. And I watched that and it's like in any other universe, I would have really enjoyed the video, mm-hmm. but I just, after watching that docuseries, I was like, I literally didn't even stop to hear, like, his final thoughts. I, like, I checked, made sure if, like, it really was the same, like, oh, and it was, like, the Kylie Birthday collection, so mm-hmm. it was like, oh, was this the same as this? Is the highlighter the same? He made up some good points, like, maybe the eyeshadow palette's pressed harder when you purchase it. It's not as, like, well taken care for, but, like, after I, basically, the basis of the video was oh yeah they're pretty much the same there's some like aesthetic things that are different i was like gone I was like bye like i don't want to know what's happening in your life i don't want to hear your intro i don't want to hear your outro because like i just want the information now i don't really have that much connection to you as a person because mm-hmm. of like i'm kind of irked with you I'm, yeah i'm like, still annoyed with you i'm still annoyed with you i feel like and i'm a pretty forgiving person when it comes to youtube i'm like they don't know me they don't care if i'm watching their content they care when their adsense is down but mm-hmm. they don't care me personally if i'm watching their content so it's like yeah i'll forgive i'll watch a video here and there and see if something has actually changed if my feelings towards you has changed and i really thought i'm like oh oh this is behind me i'm not affected by it i'll probably really enjoy this video it's an interesting idea and i just could not he really just, get into it he just kept like the drama going mm-hmm. like at the end of the day One, all the two, doc- three three yeah. apology videos yeah like i don't we don't need all those like and this if you were going to do this documentary you shouldn't have made the apology videos mm-hmm. because all this did just like it just kept ruffling my feathers like i was well, like that ah. was the biggest thing though he made the documentary because people called him out on being detached in his apology videos which makes it even worse yeah which he said was due to you know being medicated which he said self-medicated but then he said he was given medication for those of you who don't know Self-medicating is not giving yourself medication you prescribed. That is not what self-medicating is. (laughs) That is taking the medication which you are prescribed. And then I'm like, you're just contradicting yourself. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. what the truth is. Like, those are follow-up questions that Anthony should have asked him. Like, what do you mean you were self-medicating? What do you mean? To be fair, I know a lot of celebrities can get away with, like, going to the doctors and Mm -hmm. just getting prescriptions from them. Oh, like, I mean, it's, like, kind of illegal, but they can literally just be like, I need this Xanax. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, oh, well... They said they needed Xanax. Here you go. But that's not, like you said, that's nothing Anthony asked him. It was just kind of like, yeah, I self-medicated and I got the Xanax. And we're like, okay, like. Are you conducting the interview or no? Yeah, like, I want to know, like, was this something he was prescribed or was it something that he was just like, hey, doctor, I want this because Mm -hmm. I, 
I want to self-medicate myself. And he was just like, all right, here you go. Here's how you're going to get it. Or did he, like, buy it, like, illegally? Like, exactly. who knows? We don't know because he There's didn't ask. Yeah, because there was – and that's the thing. It's like maybe it's because we are in the the BCA and we're always in the journalism, like, department and CMU. And we're like, hey, we need these hard facts. But I do need these hard facts. Yeah, I, I want to know. I want to know exactly what's going on because, yeah – if you really are going through this and you're not just using it as an excuse or a crutch, because I hate to be the person to bring that up, is like some people do that. Like some celebrities are like, oh, I'm in a bad place right now. Whereas like I hate to be a doubter. But at the end of the day, when somebody is basically labeled the manipulator and is there to manipulate their audience, like it's not it's hard to believe them at face value. It is. Especially when they put this whole production out like. I'm going to hire someone to give He's me like, a docu series. Yeah, I like, sponsored this myself. It's going on my channel, and at the end of the day, it just put a bad taste in my mouth. All docu series basically now put a bad taste in my mouth because it's all jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, you see, I still enjoy them. I still find them intriguing because I feel like they either validate, I feel like they either validate or contradict what I'm feeling of the like main person in the docu series or even the person producing the docu series. Because yeah, my feelings for Shane Dawson did change. After watching the Jeffree Star docuseries and after watching Jake Paul docuseries, TanaCon and all that. And I like, I understand this is his new style, but I like, sometimes I miss watching him like go to Walmart and like buy a sandwich. Like, you know, like whether it makes sense or not. But I think that's the crazy thing about the entertainment industry now and especially in beauty videos is they're all looking for a platform because they're all going to mess up someday. They're all looking for, yeah, they're all looking for ways to like fix their mistakes and I really just don't think it's one thing if you are sought out and like asked by like Shane Dawson or someone else that is like known for doing these docudramas or docuseries but if you are the one putting it on yourself many MUA and Kat Von D I'm not as inclined to believe yeah like, like, like honestly like yeah it's conspiracy. not <laughs> yeah, it's like, Ooh, he's doing this I'm gonna do one like it's mm-hmm. it's it's a different thing entirely if you are specifically someone who is making these docu series and not just Going jumping the on the flow. bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, basically. One thing that I do want to point out, which I just found out like literally a couple hours ago, is Jeffrey Star. Speaking of him, has coming out with his like holiday collection, but it's not like holiday themed. It's literally an alien palette. Which, if you guys don't know anything about Jeffrey Star, he likes to call himself an alien, and it's literally a cute palette. Literally in the classic alien head shape and he hasn't released the shades yet he haven't seen anything about it yet but i just thought that was a cool thing to bring up because i know how much you hate holiday collections but this is a holiday collection that doesn't actually look like the holidays so how do you feel about that still pr grab is it still limited <laughs> I- is it still limited item i don't i don't know if it's limited item because that's the thing he always says things are limited items but he'll always bring them back yeah that's true he's pretty actually he's pretty very, good about bringing it back yeah, he's very wishy-washy demand. on his limited time auto he's items. like oh this is limited item but because it's gonna be sugar, here for the next three years yeah i think blood sugar was supposed to be limited time and he didn't restock for like ever and then he was like finally restocked there you go happy birthday <laughs> yeah like see that that i don't mind like when anastasia beverly hills did their restock for the makeup by mario palette i was like okay not as upset i mean i still missed it i still didn't get it but at least they restocked it once like exactly The one thing that does irk me, which I would like to share with everybody in my little tea time, is the staggered release dates for makeup. I'm sorry. Like, I'm so annoyed because it's like, yes, you can buy something online and it's released August whatever, but, like, it's going to be in Sephora because Sephora has first dibs, so it's going to be in Sephora August 7th, but it'll be in Ulta on August 14th. This is annoying the heck out of me. Like, I cannot stand it anymore Mm -hmm. because... 
if you guys did not know, my beautiful mother, amazing mother, decided to get me the Norvina palette for my birthday. And it was supposed to be released literally like the week of my birthday, like August 4th, but that was only online. And I was coming back to school that same week. So then she went ahead and she like waited, but she'll only buy it at Ulta because let's be real people. Like we need our Ulta points. Like you get your points, you get your deals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so she's only going to buy it at Ulta. And so we waited again more time because of the whole staggered release dates. And I think that's the biggest scheme in the beauty industry because guess what? Like just release it all at once everywhere. Like what's what's your benefit? And I mean, I do get it for smaller companies that didn't quite get like it picked up by mm-hmm. makeup finance. Like, you know, um, Beauty Bakery started as online only mm-hmm. and they just recently within the past year got picked up in I want to say they got picked up in Ulta first, actually. And now they're expanding to mm-hmm. Sephora. But before, because they were, it's an independent makeup line, mm-hmm. like started up all on its own and then got picked up. That I kind of understand because yeah. it's not even just like a specific product line. It's literally their entire Tired. company. That's true. But like with bigger name brands like Anastasia Beverly Hills, like what you, doing, you can honey? put that anywhere. You yeah. can literally, you can put you don't need to do that because there are going to be people like your mom and us who are loyal to Ulta mm-hmm. who would rather wait to buy it exactly. at Ulta. So, like, mm-hmm. you're not getting my money, Sephora, by releasing it first. first. You're not getting my money, Anastasia mm-hmm. Beverly Hills, by releasing it first. Like, I'm going to wait. Exactly. Well, because it's like you want a good deal and you don't want to spend so much money. And you, like you said, like, there's loyalty programs and all this. I remember, like, we opened a Sephora in our JCPenney back home. I went, like, twice, and I, like, asked about the Norvina palette and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're actually going to get it this time this time. Should I put you down? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, bye. Thanks for the information. That's <laughs> like, all I'm I needed not, to that's know. That's all I needed to know. Because it's like, okay, let's be real. We're all broke. We're all waiting for the minis. We're all waiting for the minis in the holidays collections. Except Sarah, who hates holiday collections. I like but. minis, though. <laughs> We do love minis. So it's like I'm always going to go to the place that gives me the best deal. And let's be real. I have so many eyeshadow palettes that I will wait. I think the only thing I never wait to buy is like concealer because we're all in college and we all have like seven bags under our eyes. I refuse to use a shape tape concealer because I know I will not want to. It will. I'm not going to go back. And I can't can't afford afford shape tape on the daily people. I use too much concealer. And you know what? I just learned to put concealer over my foundation. So I was using so much concealer beforehand. So it's like. Whatever. Well, like, I don't have time for the bougie concealer. I'm here for my, like, no even my slightly expensive, like, better skin concealer. Because oh, I no. need it. I need the better skin concealer because I have terrible, terrible skin. I still so, hesitate. I still hesitate. It's like $8 and I hesitate. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should get the $5 concealer for a mm-hmm. little bit less. Like, oh, I remember liking this a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I buy the cheaper one and I use it. I'm like, oh, I remembered why I didn't buy this anymore. Exactly. And like, then we all end up orange because we're trying to be too cheap with our makeup. Let's just be real. Okay. At the end of the day, if you're going to spend any absurd amount of money on your makeup, please do it on your skincare routine. Just yes. please. Like, don't buy the crazy expensive like eyeshadows and eyeliners. It's not going to be worth it because at the end of the day, you'll still have like the freaking mountains <laughs> range on your face and you're going to hate yourself anyway. So, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like now where we're at, now where we're at with like acne care and face wash and everything like that, you'd still do have to be careful because I watched like an ASMR video the other day where she used like a glam glow like face mask and she like pulled it off like a mid ASMR. She's like, oh my God, my forehead has never been this red. And I'm like, I'm never using that. <laughs> I also, unpopular opinion, think glam glow is a scam also. <laughs> 
unpopular opinion. At me. At me. I don't think I've ever even used a Glam Glow product, nor will I ever, because I don't know. I don't see the The only one I considered was a Sonic the Hedgehog face mask, but that's only because it was Sonic the Hedgehog. From Glam Glow? From Glam Glow, yeah. It was limited edition. It was like their- You hate limited edition. (laughs) I know. I know. That's why I didn't get it. That's why I didn't get it. But I was like, ooh, cool concept. Not going to do it. It was like their gravity mask, and it was blue. It was blue instead of silver. And I was like, oh, that was literally the only difference. I feel like that's a lot for me, though. Like, oh my god, the packaging is blue instead of silver? I'm down. The packaging had Sonic on it. Okay. It was just a mask that was blue. But still lame. You can't even save the packaging forever in like a face mask. That's why it's lame and why I didn't get it. But (laughs) I considered it. The only thing I ever considered was a Glam Glow Sock the Hedgehog face mask. Combine my two favorite things, video game and makeup. What can I say? Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you for listening. We publish every Tuesday. Next week, we're going to talk about limited edition items because I think there's a couple of things that we all miss and wish would come back. And there's a couple of things that we wish never even happened. So yeah. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and go into that next week. Um, I was Gigi Padilla, and you can follow me on Instagram at G-I-G-I underscore Padilla, P-A-D-I-L-L-A 97. And I'm Sarah Bebuck, and you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Bebuck, no underscore, no nothing. And this was Pucker Up. <laughs>